Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Dr. Bjorn Lomborg was declared by Time magazine to be among the world's 100 most influential people. He heads the Copenhagen Consensus Center think tank, and he agrees that climate change is real, but argues in a news release from this past Friday that... The truth about climate change is nuanced. It is real, and in the long term, it'll be a problem, but its impact is less than we might believe. And yet we're too eager to believe the problem is far worse than science shows. Just as activists and the media engender fear by associating every fire, flood, and hurricane with climate change, they generate a false belief that there are simple solutions to the problem. Dr. Lomborg joins us from Copenhagen. Happy birthday. Thank you very much, Roy. Um, so can can you just expand on that a bit, uh, Dr. Lomborg? It's real, it's nuanced, it's not as uh, terrifying as it's made out to be. Well, I mean, it's actually a couple of different things, right? First, uh, we, we get the sense that every bad thing is caused by global warming. Uh, and, of course, there's no good things about global warming. That makes it this almost cartoon kind of uh, figure in, in the conversation. But the reality is global warming will cause a number of problems. It will actually also cause a number of benefits to a lot of people. And just you know, to give you one example, uh, as temperatures rise, we're going to see more heat waves and hence more people hit by uh, heat death. But we're also going to see fewer cold waves and hence fewer people hit with cold deaths. That matters because cold deaths outweigh cold heat, uh, sorry, heat deaths uh, 17 to 1 uh, globally. So many, many more people die from cold than from heat. And so there's both positives and negatives. In the overall long-term impact of global warming, there are going to be more negatives than positives, which is why it's a problem. But this relentless sense of it's the end of the world is not helping partly because it's untrue, but partly because it also puts people in a mode of panic. Uh, I don't know if you did, uh, you heard, but last year, uh, 2018, was the first year in the U.S. history where there was no severe tornadoes. No, yeah. that's not. but that's yeah, not talked about. about that. That's not talked about. No, because it doesn't fit into the narrative that we have about global warming. And again, let's just emphasize, global warming is real. Global warming is overall a problem but only talking about in this one way that says the world is going to come to an end if we don't do anything about global warming is very, very unhelpful. Actually, some of the world's top economists, and including the guy who just got the Nobel uh, Prize for uh, climate economics, uh, uh, Dr. Nordhaus, he has looked at how much will unchecked global warming cost by the end of the century. And the answer is, by looking across about 250 period estimates of what will it cost, the answer is somewhere between 2 and 4% of global GDP. Now, that's not nothing, but remember, that is in a world by the end of the century where we, on average, will be somewhere between 300 and 1,000% richer per person in this world. 
So we'll be 300 to 1,000 percent richer. And then, yes, we will see a reduction of 2 to 4 percent because of global warming. That's a problem but not the end of the world. I want to tell our uh, our listeners as well that they can read your columns for Project Syndicate in six languages or globally. Your uh, column appears in, uh, in newspapers in many countries around the world, and they can go to the Copenhagen Consensus Center uh, website to find out more. Uh, Dr. Lomborg, you also write, the focus on climate change draws resources best used elsewhere. We've talked about that before, but I think it's really important to, 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 to repeat because I find now that there's a great deal more emotion involved when I talk to people about climate change than there was even a year ago. There's an instant jump to, well, 99% of the world scientists say that it's, it's a cataclysmic event waiting to happen, and then the, the shutters come down, and there's no discussion beyond that. And, and one of these things is, of course, that it has become, certainly in the U.S., it's been, become more of a marker of what political party you belong to. Uh, so uh, really smart Democrats cannot sort of get let go of the fact that it's a tremendously uh, apocalyptic event. And likewise, really smart Republicans can't let go of the, uh, the, the sense that this is just made up. And, of course, both of them are wrong. It's a real issue, but it's not the end of the world. And if we start realizing this is, like many other things, a problem we need to fix, then we can also start having a sensible conversation about what should we do about it. And the reality is most of the proposals that are on the table right now uh, have, have the sense of, well, if, the, if it's the end of the world, we should throw everything and the kitchen sink at it. But, of course, the reality is there are many other problems in the world that we need to fix. So we have limited resources to fix global warming, and we need to use them smartly to find the cheapest, most effective ways to tackle most of what we can do about global warming. That will only happen if we can stop this apocalyptic conversation and start this smart, all right, we have a problem, how do we fix it? I remember you and I speaking prior to the 2015 Paris um, uh, COP, Agreement, yeah. whatever the number was, COP21, COP21, COP21. We spoke prior to that and then immediately afterward. And and you pointed out the, the, the numbers of dollars involved and, and what those dollars will accomplish as far as climate change is concerned and what they could accomplish as far as looking after what the world's immediate and current needs are. And I'll look at a, another release from, uh, from you uh, just a couple of days ago. Another climate summit means more expensive, ineffective promises. And the, the release says in part, the climate summit in Poland has been given a boost in recent weeks by well-timed climate change reports shaping the news agenda. But if we dig deeper than most of the media did, these reports demonstrate what is wrong with global warming policy discussion. Talk to that. Speak to that, please. Yeah. So, so, I mean, uh, uh, as, as we talked about back in Paris, and I think that may be the, you know, the sort of main point, almost all nations, except the U.S. right now, have signed up to the uh, Paris Agreement. And if everyone kept all of their promises and did so smartly, we would probably talk about a cost of somewhere between $1 and $2 trillion a year starting in 2030. That's a lot of money. Remember, it's not going to bring us to the poorhouse. We're still talking about 1% to 2% of global GDP. So, you know, it's, it's manageable, but it's, uh, it's by any means 
the most expensive treaty ever done in human history. Just to give you a sense of proportion, the previously most expensive treaty was the Versailles Treaty that ended the First World War, and it cost in today's dollars about a quarter of a trillion dollars once. The Paris Agreement is four times more expensive, but it's every year for the rest of the century. So it's tremendously more expensive. Yet the impacts are terribly, terribly small. If everyone does everything they promised in Paris, get this, we will achieve about 1% of the cuts that are needed to get us to 2 degrees uh, centigrade, which is what everybody is promising and everybody is talking about. So by spending more than, you know, more than any other treaty in the world, we'll reach just a tiny, tiny bit of the way to the goal that most climate campaigners are arguing for. Yet the same $1 to $2 trillion could pretty much save all other problems in the world. You could eradicate global poverty. You could give everyone food. You could basically stop everyone from dying from easily curable infectious diseases. You could get good education to everyone. You could fix so many of these important problems that everybody agrees on and still have lots and lots of money left over. And so my question really is, why is it we want as our legacy for the future to have focused so exclusively on one problem solving it very inefficiently, spending more than a trillion dollars to achieve almost nothing, when that same trillion dollars could have saved almost everyone from all the obvious problems of today. That is the real moral question I think everyone has to ask themselves. Dr. Lomborg, thank you so much for the time. It's copenhagenconsensus.com is the uh, website for, the, uh, for your think tank. And you always give us lots to think about. And again, happy birthday to you. I want to ask you which one Thank it is. Thank you very much. All the best. <laughs> 54. 54? It's a good number. Take care. Thanks. Dr. Bjorn Lomborg joining us from Copenhagen. So think about that. There's a lot that can be done, tremendous amount that can be done for necessity in the world. If we take the money, now you heard what Dr. Lomborg said. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.